data-driven, ambitious, and love all things marketing? I'm Emma. I've dabbled in all marketing channels in my career. And my passion? Providing my team with the tools to be the superstars. So, I'm making a podcast to share everything I've learned along the way, from my bachelor's internships to early career in marketing to becoming head of international marketing by age 29. Plus, everything I wish my 20-year-old self had known. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, get your snacks ready to go, and let's do this. Hello. So happy Tuesday if you're listening to this on release date. If you are, thank you. Love you for subscribing. Today's episode is all about me fangirling on a seamless e-com experience, as it says on the title, and going to split this one into two different sections. So the first section is when I've worked at two different direct-to-consumer e-com brands and going through just like the fundamental problems from a marketing perspective of your daily worries and woes and what you're trying to always combat. I won't go too much into supply chain, sales margins, ops, etc., customer service, because they all do need to mesh together for an amazing e-com experience. But I'm just going to mainly go through from a marketing perspective And then the second part of this podcast is a very recent experience that I had as a consumer and I just feel like they absolutely nailed it. Every single problem or woe or issue that I feel like I had when I was working in e-com, I feel like they literally took my problem sheet and solved every single one. Not to mention the marketing experience that I had to get to the website, just everything around leading up to my sale and it's a very good lesson in attribution and basically how e-com can't claim 100% of a sale and it's just literally an organic experience because it's what happened to me. So I'm going to finish with that one and say by this is absolutely not sponsored at all. This is genuinely just me fangirling because it was incredible. So we will get on to that but first a little look under the hood of the issues that are generally you're always trying to solve if you are a direct-to-consumer e-com brand. Starting off with, and these are in no order, I literally just scribbled some notes down and some bullets, I'm just going to go through them. They're definitely not in like worst to best. The first one is your cost per acquisition. Now this is something that is a mix of sales and marketing and your cost per acquisition is how much it costs you to get somebody to do a sale on your website. And this is quite difficult because your cost per acquisition looks at everything, but it's a lot that you can't measure. So you don't know if somebody purchased from your website just from seeing one Instagram ad. And if they did, that's very rare. Usually they would have had a lot of touch points before to get to that place, but you obviously can't measure, oh, this person purchased but they saw a billboard in Piccadilly and then they saw a TikTok and then they saw a TV ad. You see what I mean? That would all lead to their cost per acquisition. But generally speaking, how we do a cost per acquisition in e-com is we just look at the digital marketing footprint that we can trace. So your cost per acquisition is so important because if it costs you 
£10 to get somebody to purchase through an Instagram ad or a TikTok ad, but then the thing that they're buying is £12, and obviously that £12 is not your actual sales profit at the end, then if you keep going long-term like that, it's obviously not gonna be profitable. And so your e-com marketing is very much related to your trading. So they are much more interwoven than probably any other aspect of marketing. So hopefully you have somebody that's on the sales side of it helping you out, but it's something that you need to report on in within your dashboards, within your social dashboards to see your cost per acquisition. Now, one thing with your cost per acquisition is that obviously you're trying to get new customers. This isn't talking about returning customers. And so something that you really want as a good entry level way is a really killer intro offer so that you can get them into the funnel, you can get them to purchase that first thing and then hopefully the plan is that you would feed them a really seamless, amazing e-com experience, really easy way to purchase. They then purchase, they get their products quickly and then they become a returning customer and then there's no longer a cost per acquisition associated with that customer because you've hooked them and now they're gonna just be a returning customer and therefore there's no marketing from now on going into that person because they're gonna be a repeat customer because they had such an amazing experience. So it is all sort of, interlinked and it's probably the most complicated one to explain and I've started with it so that probably wasn't my best my best decision but it's something that yeah you have to be very aware of is your cost per acquisition the next one is mobile use and mobile friendly typically in your day-to-day when you're working you're going to be working on a desktop so everything that you're doing in terms of your e-com site is you personally will be on your desktop but you have to think that the majority probably over 60% of your audience at least will be having this on as a mobile transaction and it's probably even more than that actually especially if you're serving ads on social who sits and scrolls on social on their desktop on Instagram like nobody yeah they might do it on LinkedIn but if you're on LinkedIn and you're trying to do direct-to-consumer econ products it's probably not the right platform combination there So you need to put yourself in the position of continually checking if your website is mobile responsive, if you're going to do this really cool thing on your desktop, but then it looks terrible on mobile. So it's definitely something that was a constant battle is trying to make sure that that your mobile use is really, really easy to function. And there's a lot of elements that go into that. The next one is an easy to use website. So easy to use and that sort of goes in with your mobile use. So you want it to be mobile friendly, but you want it to be really, really simple and easy to navigate forward, back, round, you name it, side to side so they can get around it. Site speed is also one that as a consumer, you never want to notice the site speed, but you need to have a quick responsive website. If you have a website that is, I think it's like over three seconds to load, you lose so much of your traffic. And so this is a good one for if you're doing paid ads and you see that you've got a lot of clicks, but then not a lot of people that are taking action on your site, that could be a red flag that your site speed is slow and therefore people are clicking but then it's not loading and then they're getting impatient and clicking away so that definitely is one to monitor as a consumer as I said you never want to even notice the site speed but as a marketer you want to make sure that your site speed is popping I think it's like under one second to load I really should have got some stats for site speed but maybe I'll save it for an SEO one because site speed comes under SEO 
well, it does for me anyway. That's probably someone saying, it doesn't for me, but generally my site speed sits with the SEO team. Okay, the next one is a working website. Of course, you want it all to function. So from first click on the website to selecting their products, to going to their basket, to checking out, to getting a confirmation email, just that really simple flow. Again, that is a continual thing that you need to make sure is working and that is functional. The next one is very marketing specific. So remember I said about your cost per acquisition, right? That's what you want to keep as low as possible and then get people into the funnel and then get them as a customer and then have them for life, ideally. But that doesn't always happen. So you need to try and get different ways to get people to stay once they've purchased once. So there's lots of different tactics that marketers use, such as pop-ups on site, loyalty schemes, subscriptions, getting them to sign up to newsletters, all these different things that are going to hook them to staying with you. And the ultimate goal is that they sign up to your newsletter. Because if they've signed up to your newsletter, then you can be sending them offers, you can be sending them content updates, and you can just remain top of mind. And email is one of like the most valuable places where you'll get a lot of your revenue from once you've got them on there, because they're not, you're not trying to start from scratch with them like you would be on other platforms. And a much easier way to describe it would be that they are a warm audience. I don't know why I didn't just say that to begin with. The next one is social ads so your social ads are obviously connected to your e-com and your website your whole experience and as tempting as it is when you're in e-com you want to get the sale right that's what you want to do but you can't just be like putting ads out that are like buy now buy now buy now buy now with no funnel journey at all in consideration so your funnel is your awareness your consideration your conversion and then ideally on the end of that would be your loyalty and your word of mouth but just as a very simple basic funnel let's do awareness consideration and conversion and everybody is tempted especially in digital marketing to skip right to the conversion ad but if you've got to think of it as a consumer when have you ever just seen a product or a brand which you've never heard of not seen on any of the marketing platform they have a social ad and it says buy now you have such a lack of trust because you've not seen them anywhere else you've not heard anybody talk about them you've not seen any other areas where they've been showing what they do and you just put a buy now out now that is such an easy trap to get into because you want that sale and you're like i need sale 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 but you need to have a whole functioning full funnel journey of across social that ideally complements other channels so that you can get that purchase. It's a minefield when we get into it. It's just really making sure that you have a really nice funnel where you've got retargeting going on. Oh, maybe I should do, I'm going to do a podcast actually, I'm going to put it in my notes now, to do a podcast on social ads with a whole funnel journey and going through every single step and how each different step has slightly different copy, slightly different tactics, slightly different creative, etc, etc. Because I think that will then help show how you get to that end of funnel. And don't get me wrong, sometimes you can do a buy now ad, but they've seen a different marketing channel of you or their friend recommended to you or they saw an influencer do it and they might just click right now. That does happen, but it's because your attribution is actually associated with different other channels but you just don't necessarily know that because there's some of them that you can't measure 
The next stress of e-com is customer service. Now I know this is more ops, but it's still a joint marketing stress because your customer service is everything from your shipping, the speed of shipping. If somebody has a question, does somebody get back to them quickly? If they've got an issue, does somebody get back to them like very quickly? Because that all goes into the experience. You could have the most killer ads. You could have the most killer mobile experience and an easy website and an easy checkout, but then if they've got a question and no one's answering them or if they didn't get an email to say hey we've confirmed that you've ordered and your shipping is x y and z just overall that is what consumers expect it's a high level bar that they are at and if you don't deliver that then they're just going to go somewhere else especially as another thing to note here is that you are generally competing with amazon so even if your product isn't on amazon there could be your competitor on amazon and amazon do such a quick and easy way of consumers ordering the products that you've got to remember why would they come to yours so they would come to yours for points of difference so some points of difference could be exclusive products you offer something that that amazon doesn't offer as in you could refer a friend or you have different bundles and different selections that you can't get on amazon you're not going to be amazon on the shipping speed if someone has prime they're getting it the next day as we all know so you need to think of different ways and different points of reasons why somebody would purchase from the website and not from amazon there's probably so many other more e-com issues that I could list, but they're just some of the ones I think are like fundamental, like daily things that you need to be thinking of. And I could probably come up with 10 more things. So if you're working in e-com and you're like, you've not mentioned this, I'm really sorry. I literally just thought of a quick couple that were really front of my mind, but I'm sure there's far more different ones that we could talk about. But I wanted to not take the whole podcast up talking about problems. I wanted to talk you through this experience that I had and how everything just came together. And I really felt like, oh my gosh, I want to tell them. Like, I really appreciate you've literally thought of every intricate detail and solved everybody's problems through this experience. So let me start off with my experience with the marketing around it. So this brand is Dash. They do like a water, it's a Dash water. It's like sparkling water flavoured. And I first came across them because they were doing above the line marketing in London and their ads were really, really simple. It was basically saying that they have like wonky fruit and then the wonky fruit goes into the drinks to make them. And yeah, that's like their main unique selling point, I would say. That's what they say. There's three different things. They have water from the UK, then they use wonky fruit and then they put bubbles in it, but like no sugar, no additives, yada, 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 yada. I don't really know any more than that. That's just literally what I've seen off their marketing. So I first saw it on a billboard in London. I then saw it on LinkedIn from the team, the Dash team that someone must have liked because I'm not connected with anybody on there. But on LinkedIn, they basically showed like the funny ads that they wanted to put on billboards in London, but they got knowed from the TFL. So if you put billboards in London, you have to get the whatever brand that you're using. So if you're going on the tube, the tube has to say like, yeah, okay, these ads are fine. So they've done like some where the fruit looked like like a couple of rude body parts. So they said no. So they still put them on their LinkedIn and actually went more viral because they were like, look what couldn't go live versus it probably being on the billboard and no one saying anything about it. So they're probably very happy that it got knowed because then they could use it as a social 
tool. So I really appreciated that. I thought it was funny. I then saw them in real life in a couple of stock places within London, including where I work. But that's just obviously sheer luck that I stumbled across them in in situ. I then saw a couple of influencers on my Instagram feed who were sponsored by them and did a couple of like funny stints with them. There was one that I remember specifically with Zara and Sam. So Zara was on Love Island, Sam was on Made in Chelsea. They're both on my Instagram and they made a couple of stories about them. I mean, it didn't get me to purchase, but it was just like a reminder as I was scrolling through my Instagram. And then the dash page itself came up on my TikTok. It came up on my For You page because again, I didn't follow them. And it was the a couple of the team like going to find their products in Tesco and being really, really excited about it. So I had all of those touch points. Nothing made me do an action. They were just sort of in my mind and going about my day. And then the other night I was scrolling through Instagram. Gosh, I swear I do other things except just scroll social. And just a real simple, it was an image, it was a clean ad, and it had like three different pieces of copy on it, very, very simple. And what caught my eye was the killer discount. It said 50% off first order. So it got me hooked, I clicked through straight from my mobile onto the shop, and it took me straight to the shop page. And the first thing I noticed was I had so many options. I could select a trial pack, I could do pick and mix, I could do individual flavors. And when I looked down the page, every single option was really clean. It was really simple. And under each one was three different options. So you could do a one-time purchase. You could do a subscribe. And if you select subscribe, you could get a discount, which it literally said underneath. It's not a commitment and you can cancel at any time, but you get a discount if you subscribe. And then the third one was a very nice color contrast. And that was the CTA, which said add to cart so you could literally go through all of them and quickly add you didn't have to do an extra click which again I didn't mention this in the top part but something that you're always conscious of when you're doing e-com is how many clicks does it take to get people where they want to go can they quickly get there or is it really difficult do they have to click three places forward and then one place back and do they is it difficult to find what they're looking for but I didn't actually click anywhere else this the page that I landed off on off my mobile off Instagram was the page that I stayed on. I didn't click any further because everything that I needed to know was on that shop now page and I could quickly add to cart. I didn't have to click into the product to then select what I wanted. And the fact that even though it's technically the same product, they all were individual flavors. And so they all had their individual icon going down the page. Sometimes you'll go onto a site and say it's the same product, you then have to click on the product, then you get a drop down, then you have to select your flavour, click in, like it's just it's just a lot more chunky than this was. So the next thing was I didn't notice the site speed, which is a very good thing, which means it was quick, because unless it doesn't annoy you, it means it was a good site speed. Also, something that I've never seen before was, as I mentioned, when I was on my, when I saw the ad, it said 50% off and there was a code. So as always, when you see that, you're like, remember the code, remember the code, remember the code. Sometimes you have to click back to try and find the ad to find the code. Sometimes you have to like copy the code and put it into your notes. And it wasn't like an easy code. It wasn't like hello 50 or something. It was like, something else, can't remember what it was, but it wasn't an easy hello. They've got smarter than doing that because everybody just inputs hello 50 when they try and 
purchase something. So I was trying to remember it. And then as I clicked through to my basket, the code had automatically been inputted for me. So I didn't need to go back. I've never seen that happen before. I didn't have to remember the code. It was just there. They'd already taken the discount off. And at that point I was like, oh, chef's kiss. You've got it nailed. But it didn't stop there. So they also had some... I told you I was going to fangirl, didn't I? <laughs> I Genuinely, I'm not associated with them at all. They're probably like, who is this crazy girl talking about the e-com experience? Who cares enough? Who's passionate enough to notice these things? But I think because when you work and you've done it and you've experienced it, you don't realise all the nuances that go into making it a seamless experience. So that's why I really like appreciated it. So the next one was they had nice returning tactics, going back to always thinking cost per acquisition, you want... 80% of your revenue to come from 20% of your customers. It's that old, you probably all learned that in marketing school. That's one thing that is true is that you want your returning customers to purchase because then it costs you less time in the long run, as I mentioned. And so they had some really nice tactics to keep me as a customer. And I didn't feel like they were invasive. Sometimes the problem that marketers have is they go too far and it's too invasive it's too annoying so there was a couple of different tactics that they use as I mentioned they had the subscription offer which I really like that it was free delivery and I also like that it, it said straight up you can cancel every time because they're already mitigating that worry that you associate with subscriptions that you're locked into something so before you even had to click any further it literally mitigated that worry or concern for you they also had refer a friend and get 20 pounds off and then you also could sign up of course to getting notifications and I think if I signed up that's how I got the discount to begin with I think there was some reason why I signed up that I was like oh this is cool and they also did have a pop-up as well on their desktop. I don't know if they had it on their mobile, but I also got a pop-up that was also offering me a percentage off. So they have them all, but it wasn't like annoying. Then the checkout experience itself was really, really seamless. It was very new, very up-to-date, and I could literally just automatically fill in all my details. And then I immediately got an email to say that I had they had my order. And I ordered on like 10 o'clock on a Wednesday evening and I then on the Thursday got an email to say that it had been dispatched and then on the Friday morning I got another email to say it was on its way and the hours that it would be delivered by and then it was delivered between those hours so the email experience which is one thing I didn't mention actually in the in the top part it was absolutely on point and there's two different parts of your email marketing that you need to remember so you've got your emails which are like your offers and your new products and your launches and then you have your emails that are like your always on emails and they are much more like customer serving emails which are the ones I've just mentioned so they're the ones that are like you've signed up to our newsletter thank you for your order your thing your order is on its way and then one that they might send and you see quite typically after is how was your order how was the service and they're trying to get that feedback and that survey they're really really difficult to get consumers to fill in because why the hell would they unless they had a really amazing experience and they feel like they need to share if they had a really bad experience then they're more likely to fill that out but they've got no incentive to fill that out my suggestion would be, and I've only just, this has only just happened, like I literally got my delivery yesterday, so they might be sending something out, but my suggestion would be if you really want customer reviews to give them an incentive, even if it's five or 10% off their next order, there needs to be a reason why they're going to sit there and spend their time filling in this because they don't 
owe your company anything and typically they're only going to fill that out if they had a really really bad experience and they want to vent and yell I also emailed them separately. So I went on their website and saw like contact us and I emailed them and they literally came back to me the next morning. It was a person, it wasn't a bot and they gave me like a personalized response. That's why I knew it wasn't a bot because they literally spoke to me back. So although I didn't sign up for the subscription, I had the 50% off my first order. So I selected that. But now because I had that really easy, quick experience with them I'm trying to think of a different word than experience because I feel like that's I've said that a lot this episode sorry I'm gonna I'm gonna regret that in my editing there's no reason now why I wouldn't when I finished these cans there's no reason now why I wouldn't go back and get a subscription also I got free delivery yeah loved it so all in all wrap up it's a brand that I really like all elements of their marketing from how they're a bit cheeky on social how they really know what their unique selling points are how their sampling team are in dungarees i mean that is like so cool and yeah i just think that they've got a good balance of digital but also above the line but also social but also being like showing us behind the scenes and just have a bit of personality and playful i also like their packaging their messaging it's easy it's simple you get it straight away they just focus on their main brand portraits they don't steer from that i obviously like the taste i like sparkling water with a hint of flavor and my tip is to add a little bit of tequila it's very nice with tequila and a little bit of ice but yeah, I think that they've absolutely nailed it. I think that they will become they will become a big brand in the UK. They just got into Tesco. I know they're in Sainsbury's and a couple of other ones like Whole Foods. But yeah, I just thought incredible. I hope they keep their D2C experience going. And hopefully you will go and check this out because honestly, it was so cool. I think going through this podcast with you guys today has really made me think of some more issues and things that I want to talk about in terms of e-com and as I said I'm going to do an episode on social ads and just like that whole funnel journey because I really feel like I might have done one already I need to look back but you'll be pleased to know after my catastrophe of recording a podcast the other day that I'd already done so it is slightly different so I have I am going to put it out but I've planned all of my episodes up until Christmas as we're going to do an episode a week up until Christmas. So I'm really getting my planning game on. We're going to cover a whole host of different topics, as I always do, to give you a couple. Should I give you a couple of the ones that are planned in over the next few weeks? Okay, let me go to my document. Okay, so we've got coming up. Oh, which one should I tell you about? So I'm going to try and see what I remember and use for my marketing degree. I'm going to tell you the top five things to include in a creative brief. Also, as we get towards the end of the year, what my 2023 marketing strategy is going to look like. And I thought I'd do a bit of a day in the life being a B2B marketer now and what a typical day in the life entails. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I generally post my to-do list most days so that you can see behind the scenes of the types of things that I'm doing, what I'm working on, what my strategies are that I'm figuring out, etc, etc. So there is plenty more that are coming your way between now and Christmas. This was a very long podcast. I'm going to have to go and edit this now. I'm nearly on 30 minutes. Oh my goodness. So I will (laughs) be quiet now. Whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, the rest of your week, I hope you have an amazing week and I will talk to you next week.
Thank you so much for listening to my Marketing Nuggets podcast. I've been your host, Emma, and I will catch you next time. Bye for now.